Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, or should I say this week, the Somerset and Essex Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasida from Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, uh, Somerset GP and CCG Clinical Lead for Mental Health and Learning Disabilities. Today our topic is health checks in learning disabilities and we're really pleased to to welcome our two guests Jordan and Amelia. Could I ask you to introduce yourselves please? Hi everyone, I'm Jordan. Um, I live in Essex um, which is a long way from Somerset. Um, I have a learning disability and um, I'm an expert by experience um, for dimensions uh, which support people with learning disabilities and autism. Very warm welcome to you, Jordan, and thank you for coming and joining us today. And Amelia? Um, my name is Amelia. I'm from Essex as well, um, and I supported Jordan for over a year, but now I joined his um, work side, so I'm now his PA, so I support him at work. That's great. Thank you very much indeed. So if I ask Peter first, so tell me, Peter, learning disabilities and health checks, tell me about a little bit about them, what they are and, and why they're important. Absolutely. So this has been around for a number of years, but uh, we're trying to improve the quality of health checks that are offered to people with learning disabilities. The background is that people with learning disabilities, and I'll abbreviate it if it's okay to LD because it's less of a, a mouthful. Um, so we know that people with LD have a more than 20 year premature mortality. So they die 20 years plus earlier than the, the overall population. And it's thought that in part, this is a, around uh, innate genetic reasons that, that people get, but also around not being able to access um, the healthcare services properly. And, and so, we're trying to learn, reduce that gap. Thank you, Peter. And, and we're not issuing there a, a sort of curse that if we have an LD that we're going to have a difficulties because it's all about, that's historical figures and it's all about changing it forwards. And that's why health checks can, can really help us um, because it can identify issues and can help us develop healthy aspects. Uh, I suppose a question for, for Jordan. Um, tell, could you tell us, um, how health checks have worked with yourself? Yeah, so um, first of all, I should say that there is, um, my surgery has a, an official um, LD register that uh, when you join the surgery, you're meant to be registered on, and that guarantees you um, an annual health check every year uh, where they where they uh, have an overview of your health and it's supposed to last up to um, an hour where they check your blood pressure, your weight and any um, underlying conditions you might have. Um, once you're on that register and you're given a health check, it's usually by uh, a doctor or a nurse. Um, I'm quite lucky that I had mine done by my doctor in the last year. Um, and mine lasted an hour and a half, which was really good. And she tested everything from my height and weight to my blood pressure to my associated conditions that I have as well. 
And was it that a was that a, a worrying experience? Um, was it was it something that you had to to um, feel quite confident to be able to go and do, or was did the system work to help support you quite smoothly? Um, the actual annual health check I was really pleased with. It was with my doctor that I've known. It was in a comfortable environment. Uh, she made reasonable adjustments. We had a bit of banter around football because she's a Spurs fan and I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, so that's the overall positive of it. But the, I suppose the negative for me is it took me 15 years to get an annual health check um, when you know the government say and the NHS say that we're entitled to one because we have a learning disability and or autism. So I was really, really pleased with my surgery and what they did but it was quite a fight to get an annual health check in the first place. Thank you. Peter, question. Jordan, I'm delighted to hear that it was a good experience for you. We've been doing a lot of work here in Somerset and we've had groups with other experts by experience and unfortunately not everybody's experience is as good as yours. And in particular, people were keen that they were able to talk about their mental health as well as their physical health. Is, is that something that you were able to do? Yeah, so I was um, diagnosed with mental health problems um, when I was a child. Um, and one of, the, one of the checks that the doctor did was around my mental health and linking in with um, my local mental health team uh, and working together so that um, mental health is treated just as well as physical health um and it's certainly for me i want i want mental health and physical health to be just as important as each other and that's absolutely the message we got from other people as well so i completely endorse that for people listening to this who might be thinking uh, is it really worth my while going to have a, a physical health check and is, or I know somebody who's entitled to it, but they're not sure whether to go. What are the main positives that you got from it? And, and what would you say to encourage people to come along for their health check? I would encourage everyone with a learning disability to get an annual health check um, because they're entitled to one. And for me, it picked up things that I wouldn't normally check in a routine visit to the doctor I know that um, I'm not a big fan of the doctor so I don't usually go um, and I, I usually shy away from picking up the phone and sometimes find it difficult to communicate what's what I want to and I know that um, in dimensions we've doing a, we've been doing a lot of work around reasonable adjustments and how um, not just the GPs, but GP surgeries can um, really promote annual health checks and really understand the needs of their patients. And by having an annual health check, by checking people's health, we might go a long way to ending some of the health inequalities that people with LD face. And for me, it's really important that my friends and I live as long as possible and don't die 20 to 25 years earlier than someone without a learning disability. That's a really powerful message and I'm delighted to hear you say that. 
you work with dimensions, I know, and that's actually the training project that we're rolling out in Somerset. And we're, we're particularly proud to be the first area in the country to be doing this to improve training. You mentioned reasonable adjustments, and I think a lot of people won't know what that means. Can you explain to us what sort of reasonable adjustments are helpful? Reasonable adjustments can be big or small, and they don't need to cost any money or you don't need to make major changes. A reasonable adjustment can be uh, going from a single appointment to a double appointment. Uh, they could be waiting in a different waiting room. They could be um, sending easy read appointments through the post instead of long letters. Uh, they could be changing the signs in a GP surgery. They could be changing the lights, the sights, the smells. Um, a lot of the reasonable adjustments that I've been involved in have been around um, taking blood and uh, um, some of the things that the doctors have done is that they've took the blood alongside their patient to give a demonstration of how it's done and almost like a step-by-step -step guide. Um, there's, it really does depend on the individual and what the individual's needs are because everyone in the whole world is different and we all have different needs and abilities. Therefore, we have different reasonable adjustments. Um, so if we can get it right for people with learning disabilities and autism, we can get it right for everyone. That's really helpful to hear that, uh, Jordan. I'd just like to bring Amelia in at this point to comment. I know you support Jordan and uh, have considerable experience. Um, what's your perspective on, on health checks and, and helping people access them and benefits? Um, well, I think it is difficult for um, people with uh, learning disabilities to access, um, especially like any healthcare like even going to pick up um, medication prescriptions and um, like Jordan said, appointments is even worse. Um, yeah, you usually get like good experience out of them, but at the same time to take that step and to ring the GP and make that appointment, I think um, we can all agree that most people struggle with that. So the great thing about a health check in a way is that it's a scheduled annual appointment and um, it's not waiting for something to go wrong. It's trying to perhaps uh, forestall something. Is, is that the, ex the experience you would have found for people? Yeah, I think definitely. And um, as supporting Jordan to, to take these steps to um, be able to get a um, a health check or just to go and see a doctor, I think um, has um, definitely helped as well. Thank you very much. I'm really interested to hear uh, what you both say. And Jordan, you made this wonderful comment about making reasonable adjustments for people with learning disabilities is helpful for everyone. And that made in my mind think about uh, talking about dementia-friendly surgeries and dementia-friendly communities where again, we try and treat everybody as an individual and make sure that they understand things. It, it, do you, did you feel more listened to after 
the dementia training, the dimensions training that you did? Well, um, we developed the dimensions training in collaboration with our colleagues, but also with the people that we support um, across dimensions and in Somerset. So every part of the training was influenced by people that we support and people with a learning disability and autism. Um, for me, um, going into my surgery should be, and I word this correctly, I want it to be as familiar and comfortable as possible. Um, so I know my doctor knows that if she makes me laugh, I'm going to be less anxious and less um, concerned about what's happening. So it's a bit like going to your favourite sweet shop every week. You know what you're going to get. You're familiar with it. You know what sweets they're going to be. And you want that to happen going to the doctors or going into hospital. You want it to be as comfortable and as calm, as familiar as possible. And the more the, the more the relaxed that I was, the more the doctor got out of me. And out of the, uh, the annual health checks, do you think that going to those and having that positive experience would make you uh, more readily come forward if you had a health problem to consult with the GP in future? I very much hope so, yeah. I very much hope that by having regular health checks that I won't have to visit the doctor as much. But also, I want to live a healthy and active life as anyone else. Everyone has a right to life. Everyone has the right to live their life the way they choose. And I want to outlive, and my friends want to outlive their family and friends. You know, I... I don't want to see my friends with a learning, disability, a learning disability die at 55. I want them to live to 100 if they can. Um, and I want to have an end to all these health inequalities that we still face. And that's a fantastic ambition. Um, I really admire you for having that attitude. I've done the dimensions training and found it really, really powerful listening to people with lived experience. For readers who, who haven't had the chance to do that yet, what are the main messages that the training is giving around the way people working with those with LD should behave? To treat the individual as a human being, to, to listen to them, um, to communicate with them in the best way that they can and we all communicate differently we know that in dimensions we we support people who don't use words so it's about have you got the right reasonable adjustments in place um do you, do, does the doctor know their patient and if they do nine times out of ten that will go a long way to having that doctor patient relationship and to um, people with LD living longer and healthier. Thank you. So treating people with respect, and this brings us back to some um, the six C's in compassionate strategy in the NHS, which came up about 10 years ago from the Department of Health. Uh, care, compassion, competence, and communication, which you're really bringing out for us, Jordan, here, 
courage and commitment and that's in all in order to enable everybody who's using nhs services to to get the the best possible benefit could i just um, challenge you peter at this point and say how well are we doing in somerset you know are we doing lots of health checks how well have we done over the last two or three years well if you'd asked me that question six months ago i i would have to be honest said pretty abysmally we were under 10 percent the National ambition, I think, is uh, is around two thirds. Um, but we put a huge amount of effort. My colleagues have done uh, a huge amount, and we know that there is a, a hunger out there to improve things. And I'm delighted to say that uh, the last time I looked at the figures a couple of weeks ago, we were uh, above eighty percent, which is is really good. But I think more important, Andrew, is we want to go beyond that. So we don't just want to tick the box of saying we've done an anti an annual health check. We want to, to really make a difference. And uh, as, as you've said, Jordan, to close this gap. So that, that leads me on. And this is a question for, for everyone, um, Jordan and Amelia uh, and, and, and Peter afterwards. Um, having had the health check, what are the next steps? Are, is there signposting to support groups or to exercise groups or to any form of health, health, health promoting activity? Jordan, what's been your experience? And then Amelia, if I could bring you in and I'll ask you to, to answer as well. Well, for me, it was the knowledge and the relief of actually knowing that my body was holding up and that my mind was holding up. And it gave me confidence from that positive health check to go and join a gym and, and you know, start playing football again and sort of it gave me a confidence that even though I've got these issues I know that I'm getting good support in the doctor with the doctor but that she's signposting me to particularly um with my mental health you know I, I've really struggled in sort of in, in the lockdown period and and um just being able to communicate and feel listened to and feel valued that it's allowed me to open up about my mental health and to get support with that as well. Thank you. So the MOT helped and directed you and you've been able to make changes since. Amelia, what would you add on to that? Sorry, the MOT bit just made me laugh. Um, I think it, for me, it's great to see that um, Jordan can go like, start off doing all of those things because I was there to do those things with him and um, it wasn't always like nice to see when he wasn't confident enough to do stuff so to see him to go and play football to sign up to the gym you know that were, that's why I was there to actually support him to to achieve all those things and I think um everyone else probably will feel the same that even though sometimes we all need um, someone there with us to go and um, just support us in any way that they can. Thanks very much. Peter. I'm hoping that our listeners are finding our guest today as inspirational as I am. Sometimes I hear from, from colleagues but people with LD are less motivated to look after their health. And I, th I think Jordan and Amelia have absolutely exploded that myth today. So if people take nothing else uh, away from it, 
then taking that away is a really important message. Thank you. That's absolutely right. So what is what are we introducing in Somerset that's new in the training that you've, you've mentioned, Peter? Well, from next year, there's going to be mandatory national training uh, around improving support for people with uh, LD, exactly along the lines that Jordan and Amelia have spoken about, making reasonable adjustments, treat, treating people as individuals, listening to them uh, and the C's that you mentioned. So we're doing that uh, ahead of the pack. We're the first in the country to introduce the dimensions training. And the fantastic thing about it is that it in includes lots of very short videos from people with lived experience that makes the whole experience come alive. And uh, I, I'm very excited that we're, we're leading the way in this. I think it's a, a hugely important area. Um, and lived experience, um, people's stories, people's honest from the heart stories are just so powerful. Where can people find out more information about this and, and what, which dimensions resources should people visit? Firstly, Peter, then, then Jordan and Amelia. At the moment, it's being rolled out, so it's not generally available. So it's not something that a member of the public can access at the moment. Um, it is around people working with those with LD uh, in Somerset. But I'm sure that as things evolve, and, and we're a pilot scheme, then there will be uh, more nationally available training. Thank you. Jordan and Amelia, is, are there any good websites that you feel people should know about or any other resources? Yeah, I'm going to um, point you to the My GP and Me training for all surgery staff that is on our website, um, www.dimensions-uk.org. And on there, you will find... Um, all the information you need about my GP and me and the training uh, that we've spoken about, which includes annual health checks and um, the importance of, of listening to a person with LD and the vital role that their support teams play as well in helping them with their health. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jordan. Amelia? I agree with Jordan. I think that my GP campaign, the Dimensions have been working on, is um, I think the most important um, website to go and check uh, for viewers. And Peter, in our last few minutes, did you have any any other topics that we wanted to explore that were important uh, allied to this? I think we've already discussed the links with dementia, but there's another health condition that unfortunately also has a 20-year premature mortality, and that's serious mental illness. And again, there is a program because of this to have annual health checks, which is an entitlement. And we're hoping that the work we've done improving the LD health checks will translate into health checks for those with serious mental illness. So again, anyone listening who uh, is in that category, I would encourage them to attend for their annual health checks and if they feel they should be getting them an aunt to contact their GP. Or knows anybody who is, who does have a serious mental illness and who could encourage them. Um, as, as we move towards the end, um, Jordan, do you, do you have any, you've given us lots of helpful, positive messages. Do you have one sort of key um, overall encouraging message to people, um, both for those with LDs and those who, who are friends or family um, 
with learning disabilities? Yeah, I, I, I want to encourage people with LD and, and their families and their support teams to um, don't give up when you, you have a bad experience. Keep, keep asking the questions, keep challenging, keep trying to um, keep telling your stories and keep asking for what you want. Because at the end of the day, the only person that really knows about their health and their lives is, is the individual and the people around them. And sometimes that message gets lost sometimes. So I, I would really encourage people to, to make the most of what they're entitled to. And if they are entitled to it, make sure that the GPs and the doctor surgeries know about it um, because no one is born knowing uh, but that's why this training is so important to raise awareness of people with LD and their health conditions. Thank you. And Jordan, there are structural barriers we're talking about here. You know, doctors not knowing they should give the the health checks, or well, they do know that, but, but those sort of barriers. Sometimes each of us as human beings has internal barriers about confidence or about worry or about feeling anxious, and we go into what we call fight and flight mode. And so we, we freeze. And so there's, have you got any tips? There's something we sometimes do on this program. Have you got any tips as to how we might um, feel calmer or any thoughts? Amelia, have you got any thoughts there? I think if you need to have someone there, like a family member or um, a, like someone close to you, um, I think that'll be helpful um, or um, just um, even like wearing headphones in going into a GP surgery helps with like to me as well when I need to go because I'm not a particular favorite um, to go there. So I think just just try and be um encourage yourself to do it still even though you might feel anxious but i think having somebody there can distract you from anything else so having company and one of the things we sometimes talk about on the podcast is how to feel calm and we encourage perhaps jordan and amelia you could just join peter and i a moment as we put our feet flat on the floor and allow our spines to be comfortable and take three slow regular rhythmic deep abdominal breath and just notice how we can feel calmer. Well, it's been a fascinating episode. Jordan and Amelia, thank you very much indeed for all your expertise and, and for coming and joining us all the way from Essex to Somerset. And we're really pleased in Somerset to be able to invest in and roll out some of the, some, and capitalise on some of the things that you've been sharing with us today. Um, Amelia, thank you very much. Jordan, thank you very much. Peter, any last words at all? I'd just like to, to echo what you say in thanking uh, both of our guests for the work they've done in uh, helping us understand people with LD more. And for anybody working with somebody who's got a learning disability, 
I think we've heard today that their voices need to be listened to, even if sometimes that requires a little bit more effort and we have to make slight adjustments. Listen to people with learning disability and they will tell you what their needs are. Thank you very much, Peter. Jordan, would you like the last word? Oh, um, if that's all right. Um, yeah, um, thanks for having us today to raise this really important issue. And I'm really pleased that the training and the awareness that we've spoken about will help you guys in Somerset and hopefully roll out nationally across the country. Thank you very much. And thank you for your encouragement. Amelia, one very last word from yourself, if you like. Just try and be yourself and don't be scared or every, anything. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, very much. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to our Somerset Emotional Wellbeing podcast. Uh, we thank our guests and until next time. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing podcast hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.